Nothing makes more sense than protecting the planet that gave us all life and everything we have. But do you find yourself unable to keep going in the face of the relentless dire news about the state of the world? Do you worry about biodiversity loss and what a changing climate means? Are you struggling to take action or campaign to mitigate the nature and climate emergency? Most people who are gripped by fear, sadness, anger, anxiety, powerlessness and other strong emotions are vulnerable to episodes of burnout or hopelessness. Strong emotions drive change and earth and society are undoubtedly made better by compassionate people doing what they can to act on these issues. But constructive progress can often seem out of reach. This podcast is part of a collection of tools, creative responses and peer support networks that have emerged from a project called Eco-Anxious Resilient. In this series of six episodes, we'll be exploring a self-care planning tool that has the power to help when you're struggling. We'll be sharing conversations held between groups of peers and you'll hear authentic stories of struggle alongside all the ways people cultivate meaning, connection and hope. It is proven that when you are struggling, planning for your own self-care and connecting with resilient peers is an effective way to re-empower yourself and continue striving for the just and enlightened society you're aiming to bring about. We hope you find these conversations empowering. Listen to the end to find out details of how to connect with the project. In this episode, we'll be exploring and reflecting on what resilience means and what helps us move into a place of action. That's a really interesting question because I think for me, resilience is action. Knowing that you're kind of doing something, no matter how small, makes me feel quite resilient um, rather than just talking about things and reading things because that can feel quite overwhelming. I think, yeah, once again, kind of going back to just like grafting apple trees, planting trees, um making cider connecting to the natural world to me feels like in a very small way i'm doing something and even though that in itself is not going to solve the climate crisis it kind of makes me feel stronger because i know i'm doing something about it even though it might not be perfect or creating like huge change that it makes me feel kind of like a very small cog in a much bigger um, world so I think yeah that that kind of makes sense to me um, yeah I, I, I think I kind of struggle a little bit with like maybe like the idea of being a really active member of like a big environmental organization but I'm like to me I just love kind of getting my hands dirty in the soil and 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 connecting that way. I think for me, resilience was the day I accepted most probably I'm gonna die of climate change. Like, I think, that I remember like I was on my bike. I think before that I was more like trying to stop it. And as sad as it is, the day I actually uh, assumed that is the, number one cause of like where I'm gonna die um and most of the people I know actually 
I don't know, I found some peace. It's just very weird, but um, because, I mean, when you actually see the data, it's, and I'm a scientist, so it's just, there's just no way around it. And I'm sorry, but I mean, it's just what it is. And I mean, I understand also a lot of people want to be hopeful, uh, but I think there is something after this, like, okay, it's not, I accept that, 100% this is going to happen. I know it's very likely. And then, you know, I also accept that, you know, because nothing is like for sure. And maybe we can slip through this window and actually make things better. So I'm aware of that too. But I think I accepted that I cannot stop it, that sort of thing. And also the part that moved me more into action was connecting with peers uh, but I started very early to do um, drawings because I like to draw so I started to make like a children's book about this not, not about climate change but about like hope you know it was just like doing the things that I needed to read mm -hmm. so I was just like making them and then I started to make um, comics um, and it's very weird because with the comics, like I had been talking with my friends like on WhatsApp or in person about this in the past months. But when I sent them the comics, their response was just like so much closer to what I was feeling. It was very strange. And suddenly I felt so connected with them and they were like calling me. And it's not like before they didn't care, but it was very strange so now I just make a lot of comics and send it around and I don't know maybe there's something with the drawings that people connect more than actually seeing you it's just very strange I don't know what it is really but I mean it's sort of working when a sudden shock or a long-term uh, stress occurs it can cause breakdown break even or you can break through to something better and so there have been many times in my 17 years of dealing with this kind of banging my head against the wall uh, trying to get people to take action and meaningful action on climate change that I've just had to quit I just had to quit and do something else. Um, and those something else's have given me an opportunity to regroup and reflect on how I could break through. Not a breakdown, but a breakaway. There was no way I was going to deal with climate change anymore because it was taking too much of a toll on me personally. And I knew I did not want to break even. This wasn't a matter of Oh, have a rest and then go back and do the same old thing. So each time that happened, I could use my break as a reflection period where I could think about, okay, so what would make it better? What would make my situation better? Because I still want to be part of a solution. Um, like has been said before, you know, I, uh, I've engaged quite a bit with deep, deep adaptation. I've been on retreats with Jem Bendel 
And I just spend the whole week crying because it takes me to a place of zero hope for the future, zero. <laughs> and I, I can't uh, come to terms with that. And it's not, it's not about dying. It's not about me dying or even, you know, huge swathes of the population dying, which I know is going to happen. We have, we've already seen it and we've seen huge, well, 69% of our, of our fellow beings on this planet have perished. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just that. <laughs> it's something around the stupidity of how we're not dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I needed always, always to find a way to cope. And my my most recent way to cope, my most recent way to not just say, okay, that's it, it's over, and I'm going to cry until I've cried out, and then I'm just going to plant my vegetables and live out my life. So to avoid doing that, which is very tempting sometimes, to avoid doing that, using these periods of reflection, my latest thing is, if I can help people to care about each other, to care about our fellow beings on the planet, and, and I, I mean the plants as well as the animals, then I've done a good thing. Because come what may, that care for each other is what might get some of us through this. Being able to work together as a collective, being able to um, see a higher purpose. Also, activism, it's really working for me because, I don't know, just being able to connect with people that is there and doing actions and, I don't know, planning things. It's like, okay, I'm just going to resist. And I feel also they do care about each other a lot. Like we call each other often. And yeah, as Jung was saying, I'm able to actually go and think about other things now and whatever. So it's, yeah, I think it's being part of the problem and involving in it and not just being, uh, not just, but I mean, at the beginning when you really allow it into your heart, it's just very, very sad and very difficult in terms of resilience um i i, I suppose i feel um i i carry this enormous uh, loss and guilt uh, basically for you know what we've allowed to happen to the rest of the world and and in particular all the other animals that i particularly love um you know they are my family as far as i'm concerned um and there's a, there's a great line in the Shawshank Redemption, you know, that, that film, which is get busy living or get busy dying. Um, and um, I feel, uh, okay, I'm alive. I've been given one life <laughs> to live. And um, yeah, sometimes I don't feel like living it, that is, that's for sure. But um, yes, if I'm going to be, if I'm alive, then... I have to do something with this life and I don't want it to be totally selfish, self-centered, self-justifying. Um, 
I, I want it to be meaningful and I have to be able to look in the mirror and think to myself I'm trying my best to live a meaningful life that is not all about consumerism and possessions and showing off um so um I I, I think when it all, all boils down to it, I think the things really that um, spark me into action are anger and frustration um but uh, what sustains me in action is love um because anger burns me out um and and it's when i when i'm i'm, I'm in that sustained period of anger um and hatred and everything else um that i find that that will keep me going for quite a long time um but eventually i'm totally burned out <laughs> um and i have to find some the love um again um to calm me down calm calm you know frazzled everything about me is frazzled um and i've probably driven everybody round about me in my life completely mad um and so i've got to come back to a, a, a sort of more comfortable sustaining emotion and and that is definitely the only thing that i can counter the the, the depth of rage that i feel is actually is love now you know as as they put on the extinction rebellion um auto signatures love and rage and i i, I totally get that because it's because love is the only thing really that will temper and counteract the rage um so the love that i have for the hedgehogs and the, the birds and the foxes and the deer and everything that visit my garden you know and, and the pain I feel for for what we've taken from them um but it's fundamentally the love that will keep me going um in terms of my resilience and also my campaigning and activism and I love living with that pluralism of, of love and rage I feel rage every day but I feel love and compassion for um the people and I that other self in me in some alternate universe that hasn't got it I feel pity for that person as well so um I you know I, I want to feel the emotions and I want to but I also want to go out and see the beautiful world so you know I, I will also travel and um I want to go to Italy I want to go to New Zealand I'm going to go to those places so um you know I can't solve the, the innate structure of the world sometimes but I think it's really important to live with love and rage and compassion I think those three things together keep me going it's very strange, but somehow I even feel grateful about this in a way. It's very, it's very weird. Like as bad as it is, it almost feels like another way of living, like more, yeah, more grateful about everything that is happening. Also the new connections that I'm making because of this, this stress and connecting with people that is involved in all these things and, you know, it's opening a lot of new things which are actually allowing me to grow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I wish this, you know, <laughs> never had to happen. But uh, yeah, I think after the darkness, there is also a place for being grateful uh, when you go through the worst part, which is alone and it's just hope as Pam was saying like people wouldn't have to feel so alone for a very long time with this I know what you mean about the gratefulness it is it's like this is the truth it's like living an authentic life like not 
there's not wool over my eyes and I'm grateful for that that's how I want to live that's what I want to pass down to yeah. my daughter that's I'm grateful for that yeah and and and, and yeah it, the gratefulness is yeah it's it's this it's that that's what the truth is um it's a hard it's hard but I wouldn't have it any other way I don't want the lies no thank you <laughs> <laughs> Another supportive element of the project has been creative writing and the shading of these original pieces in something we hope will become a daily reader celebrating Earth. These pieces have been shared at peer support groups and offer another way into discussion as well as understanding the issues from a different perspective. This is a piece entitled To Let Go Is Not To Give Up. Nature, silence, stories. They don't necessarily have to be applied in this order. Each can be sought when needed and in personalized doses, and they can be mixed without adverse effects. Nature, with its innumerable species in various shapes, colors, scents, tastes, created and woven into each other's lives through countless years, is undoubtedly under extreme pressure. I'll jump over the dark reality of accelerating species loss and the decline of the living world in general, and instead invite you to go to a piece of nature. There's no hierarchy, whether it's a step into a garden, onto a balcony, a park walk, forest bathing, or out onto the open sea, or resting by a quiet lake. Hills with rivers are calling me, making my feet step into chilled, running water. Likewise, trees are magnets. Wind rustling the leaves on the trees is my favorite sound. At times of confusion or hopelessness, I will even claim they can speak to us. To let go is not to give up. Whisper the dark, green leaves insistently from their mosaic clusters when I've had a visit from an internal hurricane of worries. Silence is not only golden as a figure of speech. The planet is wrapped in noise and silent has become as rare as the metals and minerals exploited to make phones, laptops, TVs, radios, and cars. But once pockets of silence are exposed, you have the power to connect in ways devices can't, connecting to oneself, to dreams as well as to fear and grief. Silence can be the stick in the wheel of a negative spinning mind. Have you ever sat together with an unpleasant feeling in silence? Not trying to solve it as a problem, but embracing it like you would listen to a friend in need. Stories are portals to time travels, known emotions and unknown places. Opening books can also be like inviting friends you didn't know you had. Feeling understood and infused with ideas of being integrated in your personalized storage of experience might be the seeds for the future you dream of. To see that your life is a story while you're in the middle of living it may well be a help to living it well. Ursula K. Le Guin Thank you for listening. We hope these conversations resonated with you. You can find out more and keep in touch with the project Eco Anxious Resilient at surefruiteffect.com. 
This project was made possible with a grant from the National Lottery Community Fund Scotland, Together for Our Planet programme.